Welcome to the Revival Center Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. understand the geography in, in Israel, but um, from, from uh, Beersheba, that's in the southernmost part of what we consider Israel, and he was going all the way to the northernmost part of Israel. So just kind of understand the context. This was a long journey right here. Verse number 11, so he came to a certain place. That certain place was 20 miles north of Jerusalem. So if you ever look at a map, you find Jerusalem 11 miles north. That is where this happened. This is where this took place. Um, and, stayed, and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in the place to sleep. Then in a dream, and behold, a ladder was set up on earth and it's top reached to heaven and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Verse 13 and behold the Lord stood above it and said I am the Lord God of Abraham your father and God of Isaac the land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth you shall spread abroad to the west and the east to the north and to the south and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 15, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone that he had put his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of that city had been Luz. uh, Help me out. Come on. Luz. Luz. Praise God. I'm glad they changed it to Bethel. I can say Bethel. I can't say Luz. All right. Previously, uh, verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this place that, that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I will come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth unto you. We're talking about the go team as we get prepared for our go team gathering here on Wednesday nights coming up on the 21st at 5 p.m. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your presence tonight. I pray God open up our hearts. May we receive this word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, let's get started. So God has a tendency, I'm just going to jump in. God has a tendency to choose fairly surprising people to do the work of the kingdom. All right, okay, you got to hang out with me right here. I'm going in it. God uses uh, people in the Bible that is uh, somewhat uh, surprising whenever he picks them to do something for the kingdom. In fact, he picks people that you and I probably would not pick to do a job that he's picking them to do. Am I right about that? Many people that we read about in scripture was a mess. Mm-hmm. 
It was a mess. But the reality is, this is all that God has to work with. Don't look down your road. Come on, look straight ahead, all right? We are all a mess. I am broken. You are broken. Your neighbor is broken. But God uses messy things. Come on, somebody. He has grace. He has mercy for our mess. And he's able to take something that you and I would never be able to do and turn it around and use it for his glory. Abraham's family is a perfect demonstration of the infighting of the periodic uh, faith faithlessness, um, the personal weaknesses that we all deal with from time to time. In our text of Genesis chapter 28, verse number 10, when you begin to understand the context behind him running right here, it really brings it uh, into picture. Jacob is the younger twin of his brother Esau. They spent their entire lives struggling with each other, if you know that story. Even though their grandfather was Abraham, even though their grandfather was the father of faith, man, and if any Anybody ought to get it. Jacob and Esau ought to get it, but they didn't get it. Y'all, they were as soon as he came out the womb. Y'all know the story. Jacob was pulling at Esau's ankle. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to go into the whole story, but this robbery continued right up to their father Isaac's death, and that is why the story of Jacob's ladder is so very important. While fleeing from his brother Esau through the Canaanite land in that city that I can't say of Luz, he lays down outside of that city in the open land because he doesn't want to go inside the city because it's a Canaanite city, and he lays his head down, but he does this in the context right after he tricks Esau in getting the blessing. Are are you tracking with me? So at this point in the text that we just read, he is cut off from everything that he knows because of his own actions. He has nowhere to turn, and things seem like they cannot possibly get any worse in this man's life. And then right there in the middle of his mess, right there in the middle of a chaotic situation, God steps in. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a very chaotic season in your life, a very chaotic time, and you think you're a thousand miles away from God, and all of a sudden you stumble into church. All of a sudden you listen to a a little song on the radio or or something happens, and then you you feel God in that moment, and you're thinking, how could I possibly be feeling God right here? In a dream, uh, Jacob sees this ladder. He hears, we read it, he hears the voice of God, and Jacob wakes up a changed man, all right? And he calls that place Bethel, the house of God. This becomes a picture of how God meets us in our lives. The moment that you got saved, listen, you got saved because you, were, you was a sinner. Come on, somebody, all right? You got saved from something. Am I right about it? Or you came out your mama's womb saved, just, you know, prayer wheels always turning. Come on, just every. No, you got saved from something. So a lot of times we walk into God's house broken. We walk in lost. We walk in alone. Nowhere else to turn. And then we stumble into the house of God and we hear a small, still voice that says, I love you. I forgive you. Don't worry about it. You, and, and all of a sudden you become a changed person because of an experience that you have with God. Has anybody in this house ever been changed like this? Huh? Has anybody ever been touched like this? You walk in one way and you leave completely different. Praise the Lord. I I could, hey, never lose your testimony. I know y'all get tired of hearing mine, but you know, it's the only one I got. You don't want me to have another one. Come on, somebody. I ain't gonna go down that road. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. 
So whenever I got saved that night, uh, it was April 3rd, 1998. It was a Friday night. It was an Alabama Youth Convention. It actually was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and it was uh, during our spring break week at New Brockton. Listen, y'all, I was lost. I was a lost teenager. Do you know what you do at spring break? Okay, we got a couple honest folks, everybody else. You know you just don't want everybody else to know that you know. (laughs) Take them halos right off your head. Come on, somebody. So anyways, I was 70 miles from the beach. We went to the beach all the time. So yeah, I was down there. I ran out of money during spring break. So I had to come back home. I was bumming off of everybody. And they got tired of bumming. uh, You know, they was like, Jason, get out of here. So I came on back home. Whenever I got back home that Wednesday, my youth group that I was raised up in said, hey, we're going to youth convention. You want to go? I was like, I don't have nothing else to do, so I went. I went for all of the wrong reasons. This is the part of the testimony that I want to share. I went for all the wrong reasons. Thursday night, I snuck out of the room. I'm on a church trip, y'all. Come on, somebody. Y'all looking at me. I'm saved now. This is a... The Lord said, I got to get to Friday. On Thursday, I was not saved. I was lost. I was 18 years old, wild, okay? I snuck out the room, the whole nine yards. And then Friday, I had done line that same scenario back up. You see, the gift and talents that God gives you are without repentance. Right, anybody who knows me, my eyes are dotted and my T's are crossed, okay? So when I was serving the devil, somebody got that up in there. All right, so I was... I was, I've always been kind of organized. You understand? No, I just organized for Jesus now, not the devil. So I had already lined it back up Friday. I knew where I was going. I knew what I was doing. And I was sitting over on the third row. Just hurry up, preacher. Hurry up. Get, let's get this show on the road right here. And so whenever, so I, my point is that I went for the wrong reasons. I came into that building lost, going to hell, and then God saved me that night. I crawled under the pew. Jesus, you used to be my best friend. Boom, saved, Rat, radically saved, okay? I'm talking about like a switch went off, radically saved. And when the phone call came that night to initiate the plan, come on, somebody, I'm sob- sobbing on the other side, talking to this person. I gave my heart to the Lord tonight. I'm a saved man. I'm different. I'm, I'm changed and because and I was changed. My point is, is when you get saved, you walk in to an environment like this in the house of God, you never know what God may do. Somebody say amen right there. Oh, you never know. That's why when we have youth convention, youth camp, all that, I say, I tell our youth pastor, Pastor Alex, bring them all. Yeah, but Pastor Jason, this guy right here, I know you got to put somebody with them and chain them up. Come on, somebody. Don't trust them by themselves, but bring them. Bring them. Because you never know what God may do. So what makes this VRC the house of God? I'm getting in, in my main message now. What makes this, the, 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 uh, the people sitting in this room, what makes this the house of God? And then number three, what makes this, my body, the house of God? Did you hear what I just said? What makes this place the house of God? What makes you coming into this place, you guys, the house of God? And then what, what makes me, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the house of God? We're going to kind of deal with that. Because here's the thing about this place, okay? I want to say it about this place. That here, no one here has an agenda. Watch now. You better hear me. No one here has an agenda. We just want to worship God. We just want to love God. We just want to do discipleship with other people. And we just want to see people get saved you say is it really that simple yes it is really that simple 
for me. I've read Revelations, and one of the um, one of the critiques that Jesus had with one of the churches in the book of Revelations in Ephesus was this right here. They had lost their first love. He said, repent and remember your first love and do the first works that you used to do. Do you all remember that? I've read that, and I've made it a mantra of mine. I don't care if we have five people coming, 50 people, five. My objective is never going to change. I'm still the guy. Whenever I got saved, I'm still the guy riding around New Brockton in my Nissan, 1987 Nissan Pulsar. Y'all don't know nothing about that, do you? Come on, I had the little lights that flipped up. I thought I was so cool. The lights flip up. Had a little sound system, you know, because I got saved out of some stuff, whatever, whatever. Riding down little streets of New Brockton, you could hear me coming before you saw me, okay? <laughs> Seeing a kid dribbling a basketball down the street. Hey, man, you want to go to church, play basketball with me? That, that right there, that's who I am. That's who I am. Inviting people to come to church and doing altar calls. Seeing people give their heart to the Lord. Only God's agenda. Somebody say amen right there. Only God's agenda. Keep it pure. Keep it simple. Don't get caught up in all the hoopla, the churchy rat race game. Keep it simple. The purpose of the Revival Center is for it not to be a place where people attend to spectate. Are you hearing me? But let it be a place where you engage God at wherever you engage him at. It doesn't matter if you come in and you're in the kindergarten of your faith. Don't worry about it, man. Just engage him right there. Or if you come in and you're in 12th grade of your, of your walk with God, engage him right there because I promise you there's enough God in this place to handle whatever your hunger is. So church is not Christian entertainment. Somebody say amen. I'm, going, I got some, I'm preaching that. Church is not Christian entertainment. Now, don't confuse excellence with entertainment okay just because you do something with excellence doesn't mean you're trying to perform or entertain anybody all right okay so don't get the two conflated um because a spirit of excellence is biblical in daniel chapter 6 verse number 3 uh, uh he was daniel was commended for doing things the right way it's called a spirit of excellence. Uh, so just because you, you have a class or we have a service and things are in, in order and carpet's clean, come on, somebody, it smells good, that, that's not performance. That's just having a spirit of excellence. We had a representative come to our church back during um, the Kingdom Builders weekend. He just came to visit. He was with uh, One Child Matters. I'm uh, not One Child Matters. Um, the uh, Watoto Children's Choir. Watoto Children's Choir. It's a misnomer. You know what Watoto means? It means Children's Choir. I don't know why I say Watoto Children's Choir. Because it's saying Children's Choir, Children's Choir. Anyways, Watoto Children's Choir. Anyways. Um, so he came and he was just, he was, uh, you know, doing some, some connecting with churches. And you know what he said to me? It's a complete stranger. He's from Dallas, Texas. Complete stranger. He, out of the blue. I did not ask him. He said, you guys have a spirit of excellence about you. He recognized it because I guess he had a spirit of excellence. I don't know. But I, if you have it, you recognize it. You follow what I'm saying? All right. So doing things the right way is the right way. So don't get that confused. Let me show you another one. Psalms 33 verse 3. The Bible literally says play skillfully with a shout of Play skillfully. So just because we have a, a, a very tight uh, worship team uh, and they play good, and they play in tune and they know what they're doing. That's not performance. That's not entertainment. That's biblical. Amen. 
Somebody say amen right there. I don't want you to get the two confused, okay? But it's, not, it's, it's about making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Everything we do is unto the Lord. It is unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let me keep going. So Jacob was running for his life. His life was in disarray and chaos. He was nothing but a, a uh, supplanter at the time of his journey. He was nothing but a deceiver. He lays his head down uh, that he called Bethel later. But something happens in his life that changes him forever. He has this dream, a ladder and angels, and he wakes up and he says, God was in this place and I did not know it. And that is a sad statement for us to ever say that you could be in a place where God is at and you leave that place unable to connect with the God of that place. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So number one, here it is. Church is a connection. What is church? I asked those three questions. What is it? Now I'm answering it. Church is is a connection, but not just any kind of connection. It is a divine connection. Are you tracking with me? Genesis 28 verse 12 is the scripture text. I want you to watch that if a person only attends a church for the entertainment value for, for them personally, um, in other words, I'll, I'm going to go to that church because I like the building. I'm going to go to that church because I like the parking lot. I'm going to go to that church because I like the coffee. Watch now. Listen to what I'm about to say. I'm going to go to that church because I like the music but not the worship. Okay, there's a difference. Or what about this? I'm, I'm going to go to that church because I like the preacher, but not the word. See the difference? You see that? Okay, now watch. Then, if we don't understand that church is a divine connection, then we are missing out on one of the primary purposes of the church, which is you connecting with God. One of the main reasons. The church is the place where the heavens are supposed to open up. Where spiritual things take place. Angels ascending and descending is spiritual. And this is my prayer. That, e that each time that we come together, that God would open up the heavens right here. Every single time. I do not pray, Lord, let it, when, when everybody comes to church tonight or Sunday, I pray that you just close the heavens. Don't, don't answer one prayer. I don't want anybody to worship. I don't want anybody. No. Or what? No. I want you to come in, and when you step foot on this campus, I want you to feel God's presence. I want you to feel a stirring. I want you to walk in and be like, you know what? I came in not really feeling like worship, worshiping, but, but something's getting on me. I'm kind of clapping. I usually don't even clap. Come on, somebody. Because I want the heavens to open up right here and do what only God can do. Let me show you. John chapter 1, verse 51. Here's the revelation. Old Testament, New Testament revelation. This is Jesus talking to Nathaniel. Go back and read it later, but here it is in the context. And Jesus said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, hereafter, look at his, look what he's saying now, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? With the, Whenever Jesus told that to that Jewish boy, that Jewish boy knew the story in Genesis 28. He made the connection like that, my friend. He knew Jacob's ladder. Watch that. And Jesus said, whenever I show up, you will see heaven open up over me. In other words, hey, Nathaniel, I am the ladder. I am the open door. I am the way to get to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You want to see heaven open up? 
in here, then lift up the name of Jesus above everything else. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You want heaven to open up in here? You want miracles to happen? You want God to speak a word down in your heart? Then worship Jesus Christ. Praise Jesus Christ. Pray in Jesus' name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Genesis 28, 16. So what made it the house of God? What made it the house of God? Nothing else but the presence of God. That is what makes it the house of God. This is why churches who focus on other things, the entertainment value, the self-help sermons, the religious routines, they may or may not have a lot of people. I ain't talking about that. But they do not impact the culture because they lose their saltiness. Church is not built to satisfy or please people. Please say amen right there. Okay? Whereby we adjust our teachings to make people feel more comfortable in their sin. Church is built to have a divine encounter with a God that will totally and radically change your life. Hey, listen, I ain't trying to make the seeker uh, feel more comfortable in their sin. I'm trying to make that seeker squirm. Come on, somebody. Squirm. Be like, oh, my goodness. I got to either go to the altar or leave or something. I feel something stirring in the atmosphere. In other words, give me Jesus. Come on, somebody. Just give me Jesus. He is enthroned in our praises, and I'm going to lift him up. So Jacob may not have known the Lord was there. But he does now. Come on, somebody. Number two, very quickly, or the B clause of this point. Not only is it a divine connection with God, but it's also a divine connection with each other. Uh, one of the unique things that happen when you come into the house of God and you begin to meet um, and you begin to connect with other believers, divine relationships are are joined together. I'm only going to give you one example. I could give you many in this room and you could also give a lot of examples. But let me give you an example of what happens with a divine encounter and a relationship with God's people. I met um, Brother Dwayne Bowman, that is Devin's parents. Um, We went to the same church. His dad is who led us in worship a lot of times at El Bethel. One of the first times that Amanda ever sung a song, it was with uh, Devin's dad. I remember, listen, I ain't that old, so this is just, you know, it's going to make me sound old, I'm about to say, but I ain't that old. But I remember when uh, he was born. Come on, somebody. Oh, that does sound old, though, don't it? Somebody has a birthday tomorrow. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying. Somebody has a birthday tomorrow, you know. Moving on up. That, anyway. oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, let me leave. We got Valentine's. Who's coming to that banquet? Y'all better start praying for the preacher right now. Where am I at? I didn't got myself sidetracked. All right. So the divine connection. So watch now. I connected with Devin's mom and dad 20-something years ago. Ever how old Devin is? 25, 26 years ago. And all these years later, a connection that was made in a little bitty church down in New Brockton, Alabama, come full circle. And that individual is now serving on staff here at Vincent Revival Center. Do you understand that? Whenever you get into God's house, not only do you have divine connection with God, you have divine relationships that you have no idea what it's going to reap in your life 20, 30 years down the road. Am I right about that?
Amen. So church is becoming aware of God's presence. Number two, church is a divine conversation. Here it is. Number two, church is a divine conversation. Exodus 25, verse number 22 is the teaching point verse right here. And there I will meet with you, talking about the Moses' tabernacle. Look what he says. I, to Mount God, will meet you there. And I will, look what, 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 what word does it say? I will speak divine conversation. I will speak with you from above the mercy seat and from between the two cherubims which are on the ark of the testimony about everything which I will give you in the commandments to the children of Israel. In other words, Moses, when you get the tabernacle built, I will meet you there and I will speak to you a divine conversation where God's presence is at. So while I'm preaching, I am communicating one thing, but in this room, God is communi communicating to 150 plus people, not only in this room, but watching my live stream, com communicating to 150 different people all at the same time on different levels about different issues in their life. And that is the way church is supposed to be. Amen. That while I'm talking, somebody else is talking to you called the Holy Spirit. Are you tracking with me? And, and I've learned through God's uh, uh, scripture right here that God speaks to us through three primary ways. One is through correction. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm going to talk about it. Correction. Another way is direction. And then number three is inspiration. Oftentimes, God speaks to us through correction, direction, and inspiration. Let me give you a couple of examples. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 3. Listen to the words, uh, the, the the adjectives, the nouns, listen to, to how he tries to describe God speaking to us. But he who prophesies speaks. What does he speak? Edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So one of the ways that God speaks to you is through edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Here's another way. 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. Notice the words here. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for what? Doctrine, uh, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Are, are, you, are you tracking with me? Doctrine, reproof, con correction, and instruction. In other words, when God begins to talk to you and talks to me, he is speaking in one of these dimensions. Go to the next slide. He is speaking through correction direction or inspiration this is how God communicates so now leave this slide up because I'm going to give you an example of the best way that I know how of how to relate this to your life if someone is not from around here and you can tell that they don't have you know plates from around here from Huntsville or something like that and they were driving around Vincent or Harpersville let's say Vincent um, and they got pumpkin stickers all over their car it looks like, man, like they hit all the pumpkin patches from here to Huntsville. Okay? Just play along with me, okay? And so it's in October. You know Baker's Farm has, you know, a big, a big thing over there, uh, the pumpkin patch. And they're driving around, going down very slowly, 231, downtown Vincent, looking lost, driving slow. I mean, they're just, it, it looks bad. That You can tell these people, they're frantic and they're looking around, going the wrong way. Now watch. And you can tell they are looking for the pumpkin patch. And you stop them about the Dollar General. And you say, hey, come here, come here. I can, uh, and, and you tell them, listen, man, uh, what are you looking for? 
It looks like you're looking for a pumpkin patch. Your whole car is decorated in pumpkins. Yep, you're looking for the pumpkin patch. Okay, listen, brother, you're going in the wrong direction. Are you tracking with me? Okay, you're going in the wrong direction. What did I just do? I corrected them. They're going, they're going, they're going to Pell City. Pumpkin patch that way. I just corrected them. Okay, I said you are going in the wrong direction. If you want to get to the right destination, my friend, you need to make a U-turn and go that way. Watch now. How many of you know you just saved their destination? Come on. Can you preach this to yourself? Therefore, sometimes when you come into church and you hear a sermon and it cuts a little bit, it hurts a little bit because I know in my heart that I am going in the wrong direction, but this word or that sermon is now showing me or correcting me to change my direction. This is not a bad thing. Are you hearing me? Because I am going to assume right now that if you are here on Wednesday night Bible study after all of the crazy stuff you've went through this week already, the kind of day you've already had, then you came in here looking for the right direction because you want to get to heaven. Come on somebody. So would it would it not behoove you for me to walk in here, have my stuff together, know what I'm supposed to preach, come in here and deliver the right direction, the right word. So if you are going in the wrong direction, you can turn it around tonight. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. So that's not a bad thing. For the truth to be spoken to you is not bad. Something inside of you should desire the truth and you should not desire to be lied to. <laughs> All right, You cannot get to your destination going in the wrong direction. Correction, God speaks. Now, using the same example, pumpkin patch, you're not driving in the wrong direction. you got pumpkin patch all over you, Huntsville uh, license plate, but you're pulled over in Jacks in Harpersville. Watch now. You're just coming down 280, pulled over in Jacks, and you got a map out or a GPS or something. You're looking at the map, and, and, and you walk up to that person. You're coming out after getting your little hamburger. You see them kind of, you know, hear them. I think it's over there. I can't tell. GPS messing me up, you know, whatever, whatever. And you say, are you looking for directions to the pumpkin patch? And the person says, yes, I am. And then you say, well, let me help you. You are heading in the right direction. Just take a left at the light and then a right and you're there. How many of you know that is not correction, that's direction? Come on. No, yeah, you got it. Well, come on, say something to the preacher. All right. And so sometimes when you come to church, the Holy Spirit is not saying that you need to make a U-turn, but simply gives you a peace about your next step in your journey with God. Direction, all right? Using the same example. I'm going to the pumpkin patch. I've been driving a long way, and now my gas tank is on empty. I know where I'm going. GPS is working. I'm not lost. It's just I got to stop at the gas station, get fueled up, get a coffee, get a Red Bull, because I'm about to turn these kids loose in this maze out here. I'm going to lose them. Come on, somebody. All right. (laughs) All right. I got to get refueled. See, I'm not lost. I just got to get refueled, and I got to get ready. That is called 
inspiration. Sometimes I come to church and I'm just tired. Come on, I'm just tired. I'm a little low. My faith has been spent. It's been activated. I'm on empty and I need refueling. I need the worship. I need it to be hot in here. I need the praise. I need the sermon. I need the fellowship because I need the inspiration inside of my life to refuel me back up. Come on, can y'all get with that? Put, put your hands together right there. Correction, direction, and inspiration. Number three, church is a commitment. Hello, go team. Y'all say, what, what are you preaching, Pastor? I thought you was preaching the go team. Here I am. Church is a commitment. Now, if you want one of these go team brochures, I'm going to be passing them out next Wednesday, okay? Next Wednesday, I'm going to be passing these things out, so y'all need to be praying about what I'm about to preach right now. Are y'all ready? Here it is. So the church is a commitment go team. Genesis 28, verse number 20. I just want you to see the first little words right there. It says that Jacob made a vow. He committed. He made a vow. So hear me. Hear me tonight. Ministry at this church requires golf cart drivers. Nobody wants to walk through them, uh, through that uh, gravel parking lot out there and you got your high heels on. Come on, somebody. Come on. I, I don't either. I, you know, hey, that's hard walking. We'll, we'll take, well, I don't have high heels. No, 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 no. Okay. I, I would not want to do that either, okay? <laughs> so we take the golf. It's been a long day, too, for me, too, okay, guys? All right. So we take the golf cart out there to try to help you out, all right? You understand? We need greeters, ushers, kid ministry teachers, media servants, hello, live stream. My goodness, listen, during COVID, has it not taught us that we need live stream, all right? Well, somebody's got to work that stuff. Come on, go team. Hello, Sunday school teachers, community connection leaders. That's discipleship. Worship team volunteers. Listen, we need uh, to add an online sound operator soon, somebody who can mix the sound online. Eventually, we're going to have to add more Sunday school teachers teachers, ministries that need birthing in this house. We have so many I don't got time to tell you about. Listen, do you realize what is taking place in our children's ministry right now? Uh, they had 57, 58, wow. something like kids last Sunday. Wow. I'm praying for workers. Come on. I'm praying for work. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. <laughs> Come on, help me. Y'all so quiet tonight. So listen, uh, feed the need teams. Do you realize that they're doing the work of an army? Or feed the need. If you don't know what that is, if you, if you don't know what that is, we got the go team meeting February the 21st at 5 p.m. I'll tell you all about it. But listen, basically a funeral or a, or a um, hospital visit or anything like that, we try to feed the families, all right? Listen, what, so uh, what I'm telling you is that we need help in that, and this is the go team. Church is about a commitment. The, that is the go team for us. All of it is important. All of it is needed. All of it, no matter what it is in these little brochures, is serving the kingdom of God. There's nothing little about this because there's no agendas here except God's agenda. Are you listening to me? Do you realize the Easter season is coming up and we're going to need some help on the Easter season? Uh, we're going to have a kids blitz. Listen, if God is blessing us with 58 kids, I say ask for rain whenever it's raining. So if God's giving us 58 kids, I'm going to ask for 100. Come on. They just fell out. They pick, uh, <laughs> resuscitate. 
So we got Kids Blitz coming. We got Palm Sunday coming. We're going to try to do an Easter egg hunt. I don't know COVID stuff. We got Mother's Day weekend coming up. Build a bridge. Monday, we passed out almost 500 boxes of food again in this community this past Monday. And we do it every Monday and Friday, but sometimes we do these big ones, okay? And we did a big one this past Monday. Later in October, we're going to do Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. What is that? It's a drama. We see people get saved by the droves. You say, what about COVID? I don't know. I'm praying for through, through that as well but listen how many of you know if, if somebody gets saved come on that's an eternity right that's eternity oh that's my struggle right there my point is that, that it takes commitment and then i ain't preaching on this but genesis 28 verse 22 it did say pay your tithes anyways i'm moving on all right as the praise team comes i'm just i'm just saying it was in the bible all right as the praise team comes so this is what happens when you work this out. Genesis 32, verse 28. This is what happens. When you come to the house of God and you have a connection, you have a conversation, and then you have a commitment that takes place in that, in that house, this is what happens, ladies and gentlemen. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. My point is this right here. If you ever show up to the house of God and you have a divine connection with God, if you ever show up to the house of God and you have a divine conversation with God, if you ever show up to the house of God and you commit yourself to serve, then there will be a name change also, figuratively speaking, from Jacob to Israel. In other words, a change is going to happen in your life there is a character change that happens when you and God get together and start having a conversation this is why we must be the church that we are called to be to have more name changes names erased going to hell come on come on somebody and a name added to the lamb's book of life somebody say man right there that is what we're after God's agenda for this to be a place of God's house. Next slide. Here it is. This is what I want to leave you with. And then we're going to pray. We're going to sing. These altars are going to be open. I want to ask you tonight. What is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? In your life right now. Are you, do you need a turnaround? Do you recognize tonight. That you are heading in the wrong direction. So tonight. Do you need a little correction? Tonight, you need, you need to humble yourself a little bit and say, you know what? I'm going in the wrong direction. Turn around tonight. Maybe number two, God is going to give you direction. And you need direction tonight. You need the peace of God about the next step you're going to take. The next step you're going to take. Let the peace of God guard your heart. What that means is when the peace of God guards your heart, it's like an umpire. He's sitting there. A, a, a pitch is thrown. And the umpire says, that's a ball. Don't swing. Don't swing at that. Or that's a strike. Swing there. That's the peace of God. It guards your heart. Make sense? There's a little buzz right here, Liam. All right. And then number three, maybe tonight you need refueling. Maybe tonight you say, you know what? I just need to, I just, you need to be quiet preacher and let them start singing again because I just need to be refueled. Or maybe you need to come down here to the altar and say, God, I'm spent. I am tired and I need, my, I need you to pour into me tonight. I don't know, but what is God saying to you? Can y'all receive that tonight? Come on, can we put a little hand clap right there on it? Receive that, amen. We hope you have enjoyed today's message. For more information about the Revival Center, visit us on the web at revivalcenterag.com.